for your air candy with K&K. The music never sleeps. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy, candy, candy. Back again, back again. Cisco Kennedy, coffee and candy. This is Air Candy, and alongside is my partner, JC. What up, what up, what up? How are we doing today? Doing fabulous. We have a very special guest that's going to come on today. I'm super duper excited. We do. So we're here in our studio in Rhode Island, and we are going to call him up. He is in New York through the Bluetooth. Technology is a beautiful thing. Let's get him on the line. Hey guys. Hey JM, welcome to the show. How we feeling? How you, how you guys doing? Doing nice, doing nice. I love that effect. I'm sorry, I gotta do that every time. <laughs> Hello, you're coming uh, to us from what part of New York? So I live in uh, Dutchess County. It's like 45 minutes north of, you know, 45 minutes to an hour north of like Manhattan. Okay. Uh, I live in a town called Stormville. If you ever heard of Stormville Flea Market, it's pretty famous for the flea market where I live. So, uh, yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. Well, you know what? We are in the <laughs> smallest state here in like Rhode Island, so I don't feel like so bad there. But uh, we actually met in a different state. Uh, we met yeah, in the state of good. Connecticut. Uh, sometime yeah. last month, we were both invited to an event that we happened to um, like link up at, and uh, from there we just right. kind of uh, like hit it off. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely an interesting uh, scene where we met, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, I mean, just to keep it casual, we were both invited to scope out a venue to see if JM and Coffee and Candy were interested in playing at. Uh, a venue that was newly baptized as an, an electronic dance venue. And, you know, it was nice to have the invite. Nothing's come to fruition yet. But I think the, the silver lining is that JM and Coffee and Candy connected. We made the connection and, and here we are. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely worth a trip just for that alone. Yes, yes. That's exactly uh, like what we were saying. It's all about networking, networking, networking. We are all doing our things, putting out songs, doing remixes, like doing shows. Uh, you had a record at the time when we had met that you had showed us. Uh, that record was called On and On featuring uh, a singer named, is it Dyson? I, yeah, Dyson. So, great vocalist, by the way. Yeah, she's incredible. She actually, um, funny story, so I was actually inspired by a record that was on DPM back in 2019 that she had with a friend of mine, Zach Martino. Um, and that's actually how I found her. So for me, I go on like these rants on Instagram and show up in like singers DMs. And you know, out of every hundred vocalists I'll DM or artists that I'll DM to do a collab with, one of them will respond. Yeah. Huh? And uh, she happened to be one of them, luckily, because she's an amazing talent. And um, yeah, actually that's how I, uh, that's how, the idea got in my head is because I, I was like idolizing her song back in 2019 with Zach and uh, happily and luckily she responded and everything worked out great and uh, yeah we're working on some future projects right now as well hopefully we'll have another radio record next year together we'll see how that goes yeah well yeah it went well with her it's it's a great like what I call radio record thank right? you and it's a great club record too but like the moment that I had heard it um, I said definitely radio all day I was playing it a lot I played it in the car I played it in the studio I loved everything you did about it and then uh, like you were nice enough to send us like the stems and we actually did a flip of it um, like a coffee and candy remix so thank you very much for like allowing us to do that we appreciate it and thank you guys for supporting and I really appreciate your kind words there it was uh, definitely a a max effort on that one. That song was in the making for probably about a year and a half, actually. Me and Dyson took about... It took a good year to write that song because I wanted it to be perfect. And uh, at one point, I was actually working with another producer to help me. First, at one point, I was working with the mastering engineer, and then I had brought another producer, and it wasn't working out. So we went through some trials and tribulations, but the end result ended up working really well. We both really liked the track, and I particularly liked visiting your Instagram account and seeing the post that you have with her singing those lyrics 
to you, I believe, playing the acoustic guitar, and that really allowed her talent to shine. So I really liked that track a lot. I hope that you'll bring her back for future productions. Thank you. Yeah, no, she's definitely an amazing talent, for sure. Thank you. One thing that's very interesting, I'm sure you're going to note this, we're always talking about kind of the process of how songs are made and the time and all, um, you know, like what it takes to take that song from just an idea to a finished product. And so the fact that you worked on that for over a year with the writers, with a couple different people involved, I'm, I'm sure that gives John uh, a check mark because, <laughs> because he's always getting on me for like trying to bang things out too quick. Take, take your time on it. You don't have to rush through it. I come from a background where um, I can write, record, mix a song all within six hours. Um, but that that's just like the training that I went through. I was I was built for that song camp world. Right. You yeah. Know? I mean, listen, Mondo and I are always clashing because we come from two different backgrounds. But he puts all this pressure on himself that he's got to come up with a hit in a, in a week. And I tell him that I just don't think it works that way. Some things come along quickly and others take a lot of time. I think on and on is a hit. And there the proof in the pudding is it took a year and a half. Now, I don't know if Armando wants to tell you how quickly we flipped it, because I think that happened inside of 48 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we flipped it in about four hours. Yeah. That's what it was. Spread out over time. (laughs) (laughs) Two hours. I'll tell you, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny we're talking about time because, you know, there's some songs that, like, I'll have done in a week. There's some songs I have done within days, and then there's just songs that, like, I either... And sometimes I'm struggling with them. Sometimes I'm just, you know, trying different sound design or, like, you know, lyrically or the melodies and the vocal. Because I'm, I'm usually co-writing these records with these vocalists 99% of the time. There's very few situations now where I'm just hiring a vocalist or, you know, you know, in the beginning stages of my career when I was, you know... Nobody wanted to work with me. It was, hey, you know, here's $500. Or, hey, here's $1,000. You know, here's an instrumental. And hope for the best that I get a good vocal out of it. Um, and there was no writing or creative process involved or collaboration, really. And now, you know, fast forward five years later, where I'm in the room with writers and vocalists and, you know, I'm, I'm involved in all those things. So it's a lot of it. It's a different experience now, which I'm happy for. But, you know, it's funny. Like I said, it's like, you know, certain things just click. And that's in the productions too. It's not even just with the writing stuff. It's like sometimes sound design just clicks. Like I could produce a track sometimes in hours and be happy with it. And then, you know, I, have a, I send it out like, you know, to either a vocalist or people I'm working with say, hey, what do you think of this? Or like throw a sample vocal over just to get like an idea or like another vocal I've laying around that I haven't used from a vocalist for a while or something like that. That's another thing I, I like to do. Like I, I have a folder of, so right now I have 40 finished radio records with top, with all original top lines. So like, obviously those records are not released yet. So sometimes I'll go back to an older vocal, throw it on like a production, something new I'm working on. Just And it's also good because for me, I'm catching like feelings on producing because without a vocal for me, especially doing radio music, it's very tough just to make an instrumental. I need to have something driving me like to produce and to write a track around the vocal, obviously. So I'll go back into these folders of like vocals from years ago sometimes and and it's like, whoa, like, this sounds great over this, where before I wasn't really happy or hung up on it and yeah. didn't visit it for a while. So every situation is so different time-wise. It's really crazy, actually. Speaking of your career, you highlighted some of your experiences. Tell our audience how long you've been doing this, sort of how you got into it. Mondo and I know a little bit about your background. I know that you're musically inclined. You can play the guitar, perhaps other instruments. Give us a little overview so our audience knows you know, how JM came to be. So actually, I started getting piano lessons at five years old at home. My parents got a teacher uh, right to the house every week for me since I was a child. Uh, they knew I had an ear for music from a young age because my, my older sisters used to get piano lessons at home and I would listen to like movies when I was a kid and I would go on their piano and I would play the notes on the piano as a child. So my parents went away, so we got to get this kid getting piano lessons so at an early age i started doing piano 
And then when I got into like elementary school, I obviously was in like the school bands. I used to play the trumpet. I started playing like the percussion stuff in the school bands when I was a kid. And then when I got into middle school, when I, I actually when I was about 10 or 11 years old, I started taking guitar lessons. I fell in love with guitar. And um, I started a band with a couple of friends from middle school. We put a band together in seventh grade. And we were together until I was 21 years old, the wow. three of us. Wow. It was actually four members of the band, um, but the singer was always like a revolving door. There was three three of us, the drummer, the bass player, and me stuck together. We're still we're still very good friends. I mean, um, they all live up by me actually now. We all grew up in the same town, obviously. We went to high school together. So we uh, we had a record deal in high school. Uh, we all put off going to college for a year because we were pursuing the dream of the band and our singer became a problem and you know the label didn't want to invest in their time putting us into studios and to showcases and linking us up with people and bookings when the singer wasn't showing up anymore so i actually took a break from music from about age 21 till i was about 30. oh wow uh, almost a whole decade yeah, Almost. and uh, and and the re- re- reason being, to be honest, was and, and at that point I had picked up playing the drums, so I was actually I actually grew up in a in a Christian church, and I was in that time as well playing in like the worship bands on Sundays and like the the Friday night revival services and the youth group services. So I was in church like three times a week, plus a band practice at church, plus band practice at home with the band, plus going to studio sessions. So I was like. I was playing drums in church and then filling in guitar. Then I was playing guitar at the band. So I was in marching band in high school, jazz band, traveling around doing that. I also played sports my whole life, which is crazy. But uh, when I was about, like I said, 21, when the band broke up, you know, my parents were like, and, and I was an electrician at that point too. So I, I didn't go to college. I, I I came right out of high school, started as an electrician. My family business was you know, a lot of electricians in my family. And I started doing that. And, um, you know, I was just like, my parents were kind of like that, you know, old school Italian, like, you know, old fashioned, like, you got to go to work now and forget this music. You've been doing it for too long and that kind of thing. So I had like a guilt trip. So uh, I literally filled voids in my life for probably almost 10 years, picking up every kind of hobby you can think of. Like, it's actually pretty crazy because I get emotional feel about it. It's, it's wild, but... Uh, yeah, so I um, I finally said to myself, so I got married uh, eight years ago, bought my first place. It was a townhouse. I didn't have room to make a studio. So I bought two sets of monitors, a MIDI keyboard, started doing FL Studio. And on the weekends, since I didn't have an extra room for my studio, I would put all the stuff on my dining room table on the weekends, on my monitors and stuff. I started like producing. And yeah. this is probably back in like 2015, 2016. And I actually started a small wedding DJ business, like a mobile DJ business, which I thought would fill some of the void of me not being involved in music. But when people were coming up and asked me to play the chicken dance and like song, <laughs> I was like, this is definitely not like that's, that's whole different not game. filling a void in my life here. Mondo has that experience and I, I do not want that experience. I've been doing weddings now for <laughs> 20 years, like professionally, I do about 40 weddings a year. So I, I know about that whole world. Let's uh, let's keep talking about the music production. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty. So I, I honestly, obviously, at the end of the day, I was just still trying to maybe get back involved in music and the nice. DJing was just kind of like, you know, it was cool. So like, I had bought uh, like some DJ controllers. Like I had the Pioneer SZ, the SX3. I was using Serato, and it just wasn't like I'm like, listen, this is R2 DJ. There's no question. But for me. You know, playing other people's records just wasn't doing it for me. And I wrote music my whole life, and I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to produce music. I want to write music. Nice. So I bought a house in 2018, and uh, I had the extra space to build a studio. And I just said to myself, I said to my wife, I said, this is it. I have a burning passion that doesn't go away, and, and this is what I want to do. So the rest is history now. Good That's, for you. What a good story. I love it. Yeah. That's inspiring. Everything comes full circle. And sort of interesting how he took that break. And it's almost like I did, right? I went I went off to college and sort of abandoned the music and then law school, the army, 
I built my professional career. And then just a couple of years ago, I got connected with Mondo in an effort to get back into things. Vinyl had kind of gone by the wayside. Everything's digital now. I needed to learn the softwares, how to analyze the music, where to get the music from and get back into learning how to run the decks. And that evolved because I realized that the kind of mixes and productions that I like cannot be done in a live setting. And that's what sparked yeah. my interest. And thanks to his tutelage, taking me down the pathway of learning the ins and outs to the digital audio uh, workstations. But this goes to show you the power of music, how the music finds its way to you. Yeah. He always messes me with that because I tell him every song that I make, every song that I made that I'm going to make is already in existence up in the ether. And it's just waiting for me to, <laughs> you know, like get those notes and those chords and those keys and kind of put it all together in song mode. But everything already exists up there. And he, he says, I'm a, yeah, I, I have a different approach. I'm more analytical. I want to do a full inventory of all the sounds, see how they match up with right. one another, audition them all, and then go with the best. And he says, hey, it's impossible to do that. There are thousands and hundreds of thousands of sounds and combinations of sounds, and it, it can't work that way. So perhaps I'm learning the hard way. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again, it's man. funny because for me, like, listen, you're know, writing music and producing is it's two different animals because, yes. you know, for me, I can always write music. It changed me so easily. But then like making it sound good is a whole nother whole nother situation. I can lay down some basic piano chords and bass chords and some you know drum samples in a record. And then now you have to actually do sound design and produce it. So. That took like it was funny because it, for, for me producing is always catching up still and obviously I'm, I'm a lot further along than i was six years ago but that's that's for me like the songwriting for me always comes to me first like that's the easy part mm -hmm. um you know what good old youtube university man like that's how i started you know I'm fl studio i mean i actually was taking believe it or not i was using fl studio in high school it was an elective in my high school wow fl studio classes yeah and uh, that's kind of how I ended up with FL Studio because I had a little bit of an understanding. So, um, and I was growing up using Pro Tools because I was always in recording studios. Mm -hmm. So that's a totally different platform altogether in itself. And audio recording is totally different than producing. So I got my feet wet with FL and I was just, you know what, YouTube, man, how to make an automation, how to, you know, do this, how to do that. And, and surely, you know, sooner than later, I just started learning and learning and learning and getting tips from other people I was working with and seeing how other people's workflows were. And that's kind of that's kind of how I and then listen, plugins, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother conversation. Like and start learning about the plugins and seeing, you know, what you like and you and you just throw plugins everywhere just because you just want to hear what they sound like and what they could do. And it just gets crazy. It's all yep. throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Like every time I bring up a new plugin. Because like we use Logic Pro, and John right. also has I'm like Logic Pro. So when I bring something up, he goes, "Does that come with Logic? Is that stuck?" I said, "No, ninety nine percent is all third party, third party, third party. Oh, yes. That's that's for all the icing on the cake, all the glitter, all the gems, third party plugins. I spend the yeah. bulk load of all my income on third party plugins. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not that bad, sure. but it's it's up there." It's up there. Like they got it's me good. It's funny how you said. It's, it's funny how you, you said before about like, uh, you know, taking a break, setting up your life. It just stood out to me because I was in the same situation. Not to go back and, and keep going on and on about it. No pun intended. But I. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> I like it's, the plug. It's a, it, it's a it's a blessing and a curse how like I set up my life and like you know I'm an electrician full time. And like, you know, I have a nice house and I have a nice life, but it's like, it's a blessing and a curse to me because, you know, some people are going to be like, oh, you should be happy, you know, you know, you have all these things. And yeah, I did work hard for those things, but also like, you know, my true happiness is music. And, and if I could be doing that for a living, you know, that's really, you know, trust me, I'm thankful for everything I have. There's no question any day that I'm thankful for everything I have, but, you know, there's always that void. It's like, I wanted, this is what I want to do. This is what truly makes me happy. So that's kind of where my drive comes from you know i just i hit another hurdle i hit another hurdle and i just figure out a way over it under it around it and, you know it just it just keeps me going well like you're doing it because uh you know like the records that you have out there they're a testament to they sound just as good they're at the same caliber 
of the industry hits and the top 100 and top 20 that are out there. So you're on the right path, my friend. Without a doubt. It's just a matter of breaking down the political barriers that exist and getting your song in front of the right people because sure enough, they're going to become fans once they hear what you have to offer and then getting those songs on the right platform so they can be distributed to worldwide audiences. That's what it comes down to. There are so many talented folks putting together original produced tracks or flips, what have you, they can just never get the product out there and therefore are never able to develop an audience. But it seems to me that JM is off to a running start. I mean, On and On was in rotation on BPM and we understand you have another single coming out. So Coffee and Candy is very much looking forward to seeing what JM has to offer the world. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I got a small glimpse online. You've been doing uh, like some promo. It's called Can't Deny, right? Yeah. Yeah. Brand new record coming out. When's this uh, getting released? August 11th, next Friday. August 11th. My birthday. There you go. Happy birthday. (laughs) My birthday track. My good luck charm. (laughs) And uh, like who was on this record with you? So this is a record with a girl I work with a lot. Um, her name is Alex Robson. She's from the UK. She's had records on Spinning, Perfect Havoc, um, Chill Your Mind. She's got synced on television with a lot of her music. She's a big artist. Um, and I work with her a ton. Like we're in writing camps all the time. We're doing a bunch of other records. And it's also with a good friend of mine who's a producer. Uh, his name is GTO Feist. He's from Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and GTO Feist right now has a record in Billboard six weeks in a row. He had another Billboard record back in February of this year. So he's killing it on radio. Yeah. And uh, we kind of just combined forces and said, you know what? We're both doing well on radio. Let's uh, let's throw this one out there. And GTO Feist had his own record label called Kane Records. And uh, we said, you know what? Instead of just wasting our time and shopping it, let's just put it out and go to radio and see what happens. Smart. That's Smart. great. Well, as I like DJs, like we look forward to hearing that record and adding it to our club set rotations. What's the BPM on it? I think it's 124, I think. That's the sweet spot. Put me on the spot for that. It's all right. <laughs> I mean, we can adjust it, obviously, when we're playing. But like one, I asked that because 124 to 128, that's that's what my heart beats to. 124, 126, 128. That's the tempo. Have, right you, guys heard, have you guys heard Unwind? Your record Unwind? came out July 28th with Los Padres and Tima D on Brain Jack Records and that one's going to radio as well. I have to send you guys that one too. Okay. Okay, yes, I mean, anything you want to send us, I'm more than happy to uh, take a listen, add it into our mixes. We're always looking for new things to put into our sets. Uh, One of, you know, the the responsibilities of a DJ was always to break records, you know, was to play what's coming out to the crowd, um, get them sort of excited for what's coming, what's hot, what's new. Back before all the internet world kind of took over everything, people would look towards the DJ to see what's the new stuff out, right? So sweet. What do you think, John? I love to hear that new track. I can't stop thinking about it now. Because I'm trying to think if I saw... Well, because I just downloaded some new tracks by Los Padres within the last 48 hours. And one of these might... It might be in the group. I have to check. Yeah, but but Los Padres are doing well. They made a track with Vinny Vibe. They're picking up some serious traction. I noticed that they're touring around a little bit. They're kind of on the club circuit. Yeah, I've actually been traveling with them the last few months. So we were in Rhode Island a few weeks ago. We were at HQ2 in Atlantic City on Cinco de Mayo. That was an amazing show. And we've been doing music together, so they've been nice enough to bring me out and, you know, give me a little cameo, bring me up on the stage and get me exposed to the DJ circuit a little bit because that's obviously the next part of my career I want to start focusing on because I haven't been doing that at all. Yeah. Um, but they're great guys, man. They're they're like brothers to me. They're two of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet, and they're just the most humble guys and yeah, they do. You know, they're they're really uh, known for their radio remixes of you know a lot of big songs. For sure, there. they run BPM and a lot of their remixes, and uh, they're doing it on the circuit, man. They're out there every week performing. They really are. They're doing really well. In your opinion, and given your experience, what do you think the key is to getting out there on the circuit? Do you think one needs an agent? Do you think one needs radio music that's in rotation? 
you think one needs a sufficient fan base? What do you think goes into that? I think it's so situation specific, honestly. Like, you know, it's obviously a lot of things at the end of the day are about who you know. So, you know, if, you know, let's say, for instance, me, you know, um, I know a guy, uh, you know, who runs a club and, you know, hey, I got a song on BPM. Would you mind, you know, putting me on one night, you know, and it also depends on the venue and their, you know, what their schedules are and who the guy is who's willing to do that. Or, you know, I've hit walls with that. Like, you know, people don't even want to talk to me. So in that situation, in lieu of a booking agent or a manager, I mean, I think it's I think it's everybody's situation is different because there's a lot of politics involved in everything in this music business and anything in life for that matter. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the so for, so I'll to answer that maybe a little bit better from my from my situation. This has been my theory. So to get records on radio for me, I always thought was like, here you go, I'm out on you know mainstream radio. It's almost like I expected the phone to start ringing for bookings and that doesn't happen so that was like my plan because obviously i wasn't going around as a dj i was sitting at home producing music so i was like you know what maybe i could reel it in both ways you know I'll get on radio and then that will expose me to the music industry and people in you know the business with the venues and that kind of thing i mean it's helped obviously but it's still for my situation not being a dj yet it's like it's hard it's tough because they want to see that you can bring fans they want to see that you know you can you know stand up to you know crowds different crowds um so yeah i mean it's i don't know it's i guess it's such a subjective like every situation is so different with depending on the artist depending on their successes depending on what they're doing you know there's guys out there dj like paulie d paulie d i idolize the guy never i mean he probably never produced a record in his life and he's one of the biggest DJs out there, and he can go to a venue and play anything he wants, and anybody's going to be happy. I mean, I'd die to have that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but everybody's situation is so different. So it's, it's such a hard question, I guess. I mean, that makes sense. I think it does. I think there's a lot to it. I, I think, though, that the common element for just about anybody that's out on the circuit is the ability to generate sales, whether they be VIP seats or ticket sales. Yeah. The club owners are businessmen. They're not artists. They're not musicians. They want to make money. And the DJs that they're coming through are a conduit to revenue, whether they be the local guy that has a local following and packs the bar or the lounge on Friday and Saturday nights, or Tiesto, who's here from Holland and he's on the on the circuit and he's selling out uh, you know, tickets and, and VIP tables. At the end of the day, it's about revenue. And if the radio helps you gain fans or the Instagram and other socials help gain fans. And those fans translate to people who are going to show up, pay a door fee, buy a ticket, spend money at the bar. And the business owner sees that. And my guess is that's going to be the pitch of whatever agent or management team that, that someone like us goes with. Then that's how the bookings are going to come. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of pieces to the puzzle for, for anything. Sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, Solo I mean, networking. for me, that's my, that's my next part of my career is the, uh, I mean, I've always wanted a DJ. I mean, I love, like, don't get me wrong. It's fun to DJ. I love DJing, but unfortunately being a DJ is a lot harder than for me. Writing music comes a lot easier and I could, you know, just shoot for radio and see what happens. So that's kind of my situation, you know, it's great. Mm -hmm. Everybody's different. Networking, networking. It's, that is the key. Well, yeah, we're, we're, sure. we're glad we networked with you. We hope we can keep this relationship alive. Yeah. Keep it going. We'd love to visit you in New York. We invite you to visit us in Rhode That's Island. Fun. And I hope that we're going to start off this week's mix with the Coffee and Candy remix of JM and Dyson's On and On. On and On remix. Here it is. You're tuned in with Coffee and Oh, 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 
I don't know what state you're from, you look so fine, I wanna I just wanna have some fun, just come and have some coke and rum Pump it up, pump it 
or leave it. You better gain weight. You better hit the bulls out. The kid don't play. And if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Coffee and candy. It's 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 coffee and candy. It's